Hey there, I'm so excited to tell you about Radiotopia's newest show, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Kenji and Deb are two of the best home cooks alive. J. Kenji Lopez-Alt of The Food Lab and The Walk, and Deb Perlman of Smitten Kitchen. Two of my go-tos to make sure I'm getting the perfect recipe for everything from meatballs to muffins. They're pros who obsess over techniques and essential ingredients, so you learn everything you need to create your perfect recipe. You can finally be excited to eat what you make, and maybe even impress your friends and family. Help us welcome the newest show to the Radiotopia family. Find The Recipe with Kenji and Deb on your favorite podcast platform starting February 26th. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Progressive helps you compare direct auto rates from a variety of companies so you can find a great one, even if it's not with them. Quote today at Progressive.com to find a rate that works with your budget. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Hello and welcome to This Day in Esoteric Political History from Radiotopia. My name is Jody Avergan. This day, October 4th, 1976. Listeners, let's spend some time on the very weird saga of Gerald Ford's Secretary of Agriculture, Earl Butts. This day, October 4th, was the day that Butts resigned his post after reports of some racist comments that he'd made while on an airline flight back from the Republican National Convention earlier that year. Those comments finally came to light. It became a scandal. He had to resign. The comments were made in front of Now, check out this list of people who were on this flight who overheard these comments. Pat Boone, singer Pat Boone, uh, Sonny Bono, TV star singer Sonny Bono, and former White House counsel John Dean. This is not the start of one of those bad jokes. Pat Boone, Sonny Bono, and former White House counsel John Dean walk into a bar. But this is what's on this airplane (laughs) is this collection of people. And Butts makes this racist joke, which then makes its way to the press, becomes a scandal. And as we're saying... He has to resign. There are so many amazing details in this story. Um, it is a quintessentially, for better or mostly for worse, late 1970s story. Here to discuss, as always, are Nicole Hemmer of Columbia and Kelly Carter Jackson of Wellesley. Hello there. Hello, Jody. Hey there. So I'm fascinated by this story. I, there's so many great details, but I will just say right off the bat, I feel like my main contribution to this episode is just going to say, Earl Butts as many times as possible. <laughs> You're really uh, hitting it hard every time yeah. you say it. Uh, I would also like to point out, did you catch that his nickname is Rusty? No. He is Earl, that's, he is no. Earl Rusty Butts. <laughs> My God. We could just end the episode really right now, and I feel like we will have <laughs> provided enough. Yes. Um, so, okay, look. So we have this plane ride. Mm-hmm. Amazing detail number one. It's a commercial flight. I just love that all these powerful people, Sonny Bono, (laughs) Pat Boone, who are like big, big, big stars at the Mm -hmm. moment, former White House counsel, and then the Secretary of Agriculture all flying commercial back to California from the Republican National Convention. I think we should start with what Earl Butts actually says. Basically, like, my my sense is like, you know, the the seatbelt light has gone off. They're all like milling about on the plane. They all realize, oh, look who's on the plane. Sonny's on the plane and John's on the plane. Yeah, so they're all they're all like sitting around and you know just yucking it up. And mm-hmm. the whiskey's probably flowing. And Butts makes this comment, and I'm going to read it, and then we can talk about you know what it is. But basically, he's he's talking about the Republican Party and whether it can appeal to black voters and so forth. And he says, by our reports, he uses the N word. 
And then he says, and this is the this is the quote. He says, "I'll tell you what coloreds want. It's three things. First, a tight, and then he says p word. I'm not going to say it on this podcast. Um, he says a tight p. Second, loose shoes, and third, a warm place to shit. I will use that word. That's all. So this is Butts's joke. It's comment. It is clearly racist, but it is also absurd. Yeah, it's nonsensical. It doesn't make sense at all. It's not funny. Like it's. It's I and as a as an African American, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the joke and I'm like I don't I don't get it I don't, I don't like what are it. the stereotypes yeah that he's yeah even like I, and I'm like what are loose shoes like I'm I'm trying to figure out what loose shoes are an implication of like it just none of it made sense and I think the real I mean there's a lot of uh, parts of it that are just egregious it's also heavily sexist as well there's a lot that goes into it but it just it doesn't make sense and also as a response to a legitimate question right a legitimate we have to talk about this why aren't black people interested in the republican party why can't we allure or or win more black people into the republican party we are the party of lincoln you know like does that count for something and this is the response so which in a way is an answer yeah right right. well it proves the case right yes yes Uh, i'll show you why because we're we're super weirdly racist that is exactly why you corny racist right it's like corny baroque like it, it just feels like it comes from a place of like Oh, there's like so many levels to your racism that you're pulling out these weird stereotypes about like loose shoes and a warm place to shit. Like, what does that even mean? You know, not that I'm asking him to be more like accessibly racist, (laughs) but it's just like, (laughs) what? What are you talking about here? You don't want Um, a decoder ring. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So speaking of that, it is very interesting. And we'll talk about how the story gets out, these remarks get out. But once they are out and it's reported in the press, uh, there is a there is a very interesting decoder ring contorting in the press about how to characterize these phrases. So the Wall Street Journal characterized him as saying, African-Americans wanted three things, comfortable footwear, satisfying sexual relations, and indoor plumbing. <laughs> so that's, how the, that's how the Wall Street Journal characterizes it. The, the New York Times reports it as, wow. quote, a warm place for bodily functions, wishes that were listed by Mr. Butts in obscene and scatological terms. Um, wow. One other interesting thing is I think a couple newspapers ran it un, unaltered, and then some newspapers said, he said these weird and awful things. If you want to know what he said, you can come to our office and we'll show you like the remarks or whatever. But anyway, there's just this very funny and weird sort of going out of their way to sort of characterize this very weird uh, racism that he was displaying. But really interesting yeah. the way that media are doing the work of cleaning it up. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Um, and what that does, because when you read the Wall Street Journal's version of it, you're like, African-Americans want indoor plumbing, <laughs> which is just a world away from what he actually said. Yeah, yeah. 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 It and, and the other thing is, you know, I would love to know how everyone, how did like Sonny respond to this? You know, is it kind of like, well, what? Or, you yeah. know, or is this like, are you drinking too much? Or, you know, like, this doesn't, <laughs> none of this, not that alcohol would even be an excuse for that, because I feel like when people right. are drunk, they really reveal themselves. <laughs> but he's also known, we should say, Butts is known as being an outspoken person. So when he is selected to be a secretary of agriculture, right? when he's elected to be secretary of agriculture, you know, um, 
basically he says, you know, you will have a vigorous spokesperson and is known for kind of shooting from the hip. And I think there is this sort of folksy thing about this is how we speak. This is how we engage with one another that kind of gets like thrown into the discussion as an explanation for why this was said. But again, yeah, it's still problematic. Yeah. And Butts, I mean, you know, he is a, a man of a certain age, not to diminish it, but you know, he just like clearly likes to just run his mouth and be racist and yuck it up with other white men, you know, but he had gotten in trouble a few years earlier, as you were hinting at, by making mm. a joke about the Pope wanting population control. And he did a fake Italian accent talking about the Pope and then they had to apologize. I have a picture of kind of what kind of dude this was yes. <laughs> um, to this question of how it gets out and how people reacted. Okay. So, well, let's put Sonny Bono off to the side. He's on the plane. He doesn't seem to really stay as part of this story. He's not part of how it leaks, but it's just interesting that Sonny Bono is there. John Dean and Pat Boone are very interesting um, in that the story does seem to leak because of John Dean. Now, John Dean, for context's sake, was Nixon's former White House counsel who famously uh, turned on Nixon when he saw the sort of Watergate tides turning and testified and really helped bring the the house down on Nixon. And this is a few years later, a couple years later, it's obviously under Ford, but John Dean, my read on this is just in full on like effort mode now. And he hears these remarks and he just goes and he talks to the press and he says, like, can you believe this thing that Butts said on, on the plane? But I just love that John Dean just seems to just be willing to just like throw it all out there. <laughs> <laughs> Jody, it's actually better than that, though, because John Dean wasn't there as like John Dean, former Nixon official. Yeah. He was reporting on the 1976 Republican convention for Rolling, for Rolling Stone. Stone. He was there right. as a reporter. Oh. And actually, oh, right, right. Butts's aide, who was on the plane, too, told him as he was walking up to this group, remember, Dean's a reporter now. So it's not that the story leaked. Wow. The story got reported mm. by a reporter who wrote it for Rolling Stone. And it becomes, but, you know, public yes. knowledge. But a reporter who just four years earlier <laughs> would have been in that conversation and would have kept his lips shut because that was those were his people. And he, yeah, was in this, right. he was on the inner circle and now he's on the outer circle and he's just like, forget it. So he reports mm. it, which is very, which is fascinating to me. You know, John Dean um, keeps popping up. And then Pat Boone... <laughs> like kind of mm. goes out of his way and says like <sighs> I, so Pat Boone's quote is I can't believe that this guy had to quit just for making a bad joke in private mm, mm, mm. I can't believe he quit from for stealing <laughs> intellectual property from black musicians <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about that <laughs> like how about that how about that Pat Boone I mean, it, it to me, all of this is just like, again, it kind of goes, again, not to um, make this small either, but like older white men joking, thinking these things are funny. These are the things that they would say over drinks in private, not wondering why it's such a big deal because they always get passes for other things because this is, you know, the late 70s and everybody's getting passes for all kinds of sexist and racist things. Um, and I think they thought that this was going to be another thing where, you know, oops, my bad. And then they keep doing what they're doing. And it just yeah. um, it doesn't fall out that way. Ford initially you know, calls the remarks highly offensive and says he's going to give him a severe reprimand. But, you know, this just becomes a media story and it, and it goes and goes and goes. And eventually, Butts, it becomes clear that Butts has to resign. He says, quote, the use of a bad racial commentary in no way reflects my real attitude. And so as we wrap up, I think, Kelly, you just sort of hinted at it. But, you know, there's so many interesting things here about the way that certain people feel like 
what's said in private and mm. what's said in public. The words that I use versus the values in my heart, mm. uh, my actions versus how I actually feel can can be sort of separated and and flow in and out of different sort of levels of balance given the circumstance and so forth. And this is such a sort of classic example of that. Butts would not think of himself as a racist and would think that private remarks are private and you can say certain things in private and they don't necessarily reflect in other ways. I just, I I push back on all this because, you know, Ford says, I've accepted the resignation of a decent and good man. And I just... I remember as a child, my mom, it's it's a biblical scripture. It's like out of the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. So it's this idea mm-hmm. that what what you say is actually kind of who you are. <laughs> like, it's really what you believe. And I, I, I think that, you know, t- we can clean it up as much as we want. But this is who Butts prefers to be in private. Someone who makes racist jokes is someone who he really is. Um publicly as well. And it's also worth noting he wasn't the last Republican cabinet member to run into this problem. It's in 1983 when James Watt, who is the Secretary of Interior under Reagan, gets fired for racist comments he makes about affirmative action that are offensive to, I believe, black people, women, Jewish people, and the disabled. Wow. wow. He really ran wow. hitting, hitting for the cycle, as I say. Yeah, That's so. right. Oh, man. <laughs> um, all right, one final coda, um, I think evidence of, you know, once a shit heel, always a shit heel. Butts <laughs> goes on. Many years later, he pleads guilty to charges of tax evasion in the early 1980s. He has a five-year sentence that is suspended for all but 30 days. But there you go. This, I would say, a fairly ignominious mm. career for Butts there, and I'm I'm okay with that. Mm. Rusty Butts goes to jail. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to the end of the episode. Nicole Henry, thanks to you. Thanks, Jody. And Kelly Carter Jackson, thanks to you. My pleasure. So long, Rusty Butts. <laughs> this is the price I pay for a gross indiscretion in a private conversation. The use of a bad racial commentary in no way reflects my real attitude. This has been one of the saddest decisions of my presidency. Earl Butts has been and continues to be a close personal friend and a man who loves his country and all that it represents. It is, as you may have heard, an election year. But do you feel like you have a lot of choices? Here are the new candidates, same as the old candidates. How did we get here again? The fact is, our democracy is broken. We can all feel it, and there's data to back it up, too. A Princeton University study found that public opinion has near zero impact on what laws are passed. You know what does have an impact, though? Money! You can call it lobbying, you can call it super PAC spending, you can call it corruption. But luckily, there are things we can do right now to fix this broken system. This podcast is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition, a group that's banding together to make our democracy better. We're working with Represent Us, the largest grassroots organization fighting to end corruption city by city and state by state. 
you can join the movement too. Go to represent.us slash podcast to find out more. Radiotopia.